0: very good morning to you all and so to those in the century and um hall for hall for yes Well um, today's scripture reading um, is taken from the 10th chapter in the book of romans beginning from verse 13 to 17 and it goes and it says everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved how then can they call on the one they have not believed in And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can anyone preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news but not all the israelites accepted the good news for isaiah says lord who has believed our message consequently Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we begin a word of prayer? Truly beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, and great rejoicing when those ears and hearts receive your good news. Grant us ears to understand, and heart to fathom your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. About 20 years ago, a lady walked into church. You know, she was uncertain, reserved, and rather anti-social. She chose the little corner of the century. She sat down. In fact, she sat through the entire service. You know, after the service, she probably did not understand or she knew very little of what, went, what just went through. After the, after the service, a cell leader who sat a row behind approached her. And a simple conversation began. She was apprehensive and she revealed very little to the cell leader. However, the cell leader was persistent and adamant to reach out to her. Hence, the cell leader decided to persuade her to pay a visit to her cell. The conversation extended over lunch at a nearby market. The newcomer finally agreed to accept the invitation from the cell leader. So what the cell leader was was doing was that she actually delivered a very simple invitation to come join us hence the first point to this sermon you No know, the, the the first three words the cell leader gave to the newcomer come join us you now we may take these three words very lightly or even casually however these three words had impacted many people Now, some of you may consider that these three words are easy to say and easy to be given out. But let me tell you this I beg to defer. To give out an invitation is to invite a person into our lives, into our community, our friends, and at times into our homes. This is not an easy step, especially when you are going out, when you're going to send out this, this invitation to strangers, strangers who you do not know. It requires courage, hospitality, love, and finally, one item or whatever, one area that's where we all find very difficult, transparency. Yet, this three, these three words, come, join us, are the beginning of any form of evangelism or witnessing. You know, it is the introduction of a person to the doorway that Jesus had provided. I'll take this moment. Um, to sell a little koyo okay a taste of alpha will be be beginning soon on the 7th of april and you can actually find it on the details in the bulletin eh? Uh, it's on page 23 so you are invited and you can invite or you can invite someone else to come join us so to join this exploratory program to understand the christian faith or what you can do is you can also invite your friends to join for um, our coming Good Friday evangelistic service on the 30th of March. So these are the events to look forward to that you can target to invite your friends. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 19, Jesus called out to Peter and Andrew, "Come, follow me." And those three words, they were very, they are, they are very important. This was an invitation to be Jesus' disciples. This was an invitation to Jesus' life and ministry. So when we send out an invitation to others to come join us, this is rather similar to Jesus' come, follow me. We are inviting them to be the disciples of Jesus and to walk in His life and ministry. Therefore, do not discredit these three simple words of come, join us. I believe many of us who are first generation Christians began our walk with Christ by responding to those three simple words. Come, join us. But what is next after come, join us? You know, some of you may be here uh, expecting certain methods or formula to, share, to sharing the gospel. I'm sorry. Huh? I would have to disappoint you. Personally, I felt that I feel that okay, there should be there should not be any form of prescriptive method to sharing the good news. I have attended many, many training seminars and courses and one of them is a one, week, one week of training to memorize methods on evangelism, role plays and street evangelism. Yes, the courses are helpful. However, we do not need to attend a course to be a witness for Christ. Let me repeat this. We do not need to attend a course to be a witness for Christ. I personally take on a position that your life story is the best evangelistic tool to speak about Christ. God has given us unique stories to touch different individuals in our society. God will use our stories. However, we need to first share them. So, what should we share? What should we say? How can we start? Let's take a look at Romans chapter 10 again, verses 8 and 9. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you, will, that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So what then should we, should we share? Simple. We should share another three important words. Jesus is Lord. And this is my second point. So, when we share that Jesus is Lord, we are also declaring our belief in Jesus from our heart. By saying Jesus is Lord, we proclaim that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus is alive, He's living in our hearts. He is not dead, He is here with us. And that is the next message we should share to others that Jesus is Lord of our lives and when we confess that Jesus is Lord we are also introducing justifying grace well, to them so this is like directing them into the doorway the previous point to come join us introduces the presence of the doorway but what does it mean to be justified Justifying grace as mentioned in the workbook or on the disciples' path that you are using is like a doorway to a house. So God provided that doorway for us to declare us saved, to restore us to have a right relationship with God and to enable us to begin a lifelong journey of restoring that tarnished image of God within us. When we choose to become disciples of Christ, we are justified by grace. So justifying grace is offered by God to all people. This justifying grace cancels out our guilt and empowers us to resist the power of sin and to full, so that we can fully love God and our neighbours. Now when we are justified by grace, we enter through the doorway by faith. Okay? However, that is only the starting point. The journey is not yet done. In short, the like you show, that prevenient grace is helping others to be aware of the doorway that God has provided. Justifying grace is entering into the doorway while sanctifying grace is the journey through the doorway. Sanctifying grace begins the lifelong work of restoration or okay, restoring the full image of God's image within us. Billy Graham who you can see in the slides who recently passed on at the age of 99 he said this being a Christian next slide being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion it is a daily process whereby you grow to be more and more like Christ what what powerful words it is a lifelong restoration work in progress Simplifying grace is also where we figure out that it is not all about me. And thus we begin to participate in God's redemptive work and that is to proclaim the gospel. Hence, it is with our heart that we say that we believe and are justified. However, the outward evidence of our belief is on the second portion of verse 10 that we profess our faith. We have to profess, we have to say it out, we have to pass it on. Therefore, we can't just say that you no, know, we believe in God and yet restrain from proclaiming the gospel. We should profess that Jesus is Lord. You know, some of you may feel inadequate to share the gospel, and some of you may be asking, you no, know, who will believe in me? Well, let me tell you this Prophet Isaiah said the same thing as mentioned in verse 16. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Hence, enter my third point. Who will believe? Now back to the story of the lady who walked into church herself and the cell leader had invited her to join her cell. So did she join the cell in the end? After the invitation was given out to her to come join us. You know, as Friday approached, some of us actually doubted whether she would actually turn up. You know, we were actually informed prior before prior to, to the meeting that we're gonna expect a newcomer and she'll be joining us. So did she come? Of course she did, lah, you not know, there's no storytelling, right? <laughs> However, um, when we arrived at a cell meeting, we were amazed and shocked because she was the first to arrive. You know, we tried to know her a bit uh, about her a bit more we tried to share the gospel um, we tried to talk to her but there was little or no reaction we begin to ask like isaiah who has believed in our message and after a few months we still did not know much about her except her job um, and that she's a foreigner living in singapore and living in a rented apartment near um, near church so by stating that she is a foreigner in Singapore, I am not trying to marginalize the foreigners among us. Okay? Because verse 12 says, next slide, For there is, no one, therefore there is no difference between Jews and Gentiles. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The important point to note here is that there is no difference between Jews or Gentiles. No difference between men or women. No difference between young or old. And there's no difference between outspoken individuals or a reserved individual or local and foreigner. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Actually, you know what? We should not even be asking the question, who will believe? No, we, we should not be concerned about statistics. And we should not consider a person who believes in Christ as a success. And a person who has rejected Christ as failure, who are we to de- to determine who will be saved? Our role is to share the gospel, and it's God's role to convert the heart. That is why we did not, you know, in the story we did not stop sharing uh, with this foreign newcomer in the story. We continue to reach out to her, this foreign lady in the story, presented herself weekly and punctually for sale every week. Although she has, she has not called on the name of the Lord yet, it did not stop us from feeding her. It did not stop us from feeding her with the gospel. And, comes, and here's my fourth point. It's titled, You Feed Them. And why is it so important that we feed them with the gospel? Let's return back to Romans 14 and it states, next slide. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Everyone, regardless of race, sex, or age, are urged to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. However, they were not called on the name unless they have been moved to believe in Him and they cannot believe in him unless they have heard about him and finally they cannot hear about him unless someone brings the word all good news to them if we reverse the order if you can just tap twice for on the slides if we reverse the order or the questions basically no one can hear the gospel unless someone preached to to them and no one will believe unless they have heard the gospel. And if they have not heard the gospel, the gospel, uh, they cannot be touched by the gospel. They cannot be touched by God. The word call can be a metaphor, metaphor for worship and prayer. As suggested by a scholar. Worship and prayer. Three, how can we worship God and pray to God unless we believe in Him? Can we sing praises to God without believing in Him? It's quite difficult, isn't it? The first step is simple. Bring the good news to others. Sometimes it is as simple as sharing your faith in Jesus to others. And, not all, and, uh, inviting them to join Alpha, um, it is good to invite and join Alpha but this is not the only thing that you must, you can, you must do. You must do something else. So. Do not just invite your friends for Alpha or our Good Friday evangelistic service. You still need to share your faith. I would like to reiterate that the importance of sharing our faith is important for our growth in Christ. No, we cannot grow in Christ unless we share about Christ. The more that we share Christ to others, the more our faith grows inside us. So as we share, we are reminded the faithfulness of God and we are also reminded of the assurance that Christ gave to us. Spiritually, we grow closer and understand Christ better as we partake in His mission to save the lost and to continue feeding the sheep. Who then should be feeding the sheep? Jesus mentioned in Mark six thirty-seven in three words, you feed them. Now for those who are unfamiliar with the story in Mark, uh, that was the story of the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a remote place and it is really getting dark. Send the crowd away so that they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. Although the disciples were referring to physical food, I believe Jesus reply with dual connotation in reference to the feeding of the spiritual food and that is to feed others with the spiritual word yes it is important to feed the sheep with physical food but it is just as important to feed them with spiritual food and who should be feeding the sheep we should be feeding the sheep we should not simply depend on someone else to feed the sheep. You know, as some would easily refer to the pastors you know, to, be the, to be the best person and the one solely responsible to sharing the word. Actually, everyone must share the gospel. You feed them, as Jesus had instructed. Therefore, you feed them, not others, not only the pastors, but you feed them... and when I say this I'm also referring to myself huh the proclamation of the gospel is our personal responsibility the proclamation of gospel is our personal responsibility we are personally responsible in the relaying of the gospel to others and this is Jesus ministry for us see God's responsibility was to give us the gospel it is our responsibility to act on it and to share it and to give it away Finally, why was this sermon or why is this sermon titled "Last Three Words?" So back to the story of the newcomer who walked into church after a few months. You now, we seem to be heading a date long you know um we can't get her to talk there's no response, but however, the interesting thing is this okay that she never missed a single cell. She sat at a quiet little corner sometimes giving some snap critical remarks about those who were late for cell group. But she came, and she listened. The day finally came when I was sharing on the topic of witnessing, like today. eh? And I spoke of the three C's, crossroads, changes, and crisis. Okay, I'm going to to detour a little bit from here. Last two Sundays ago, a member in Amoku Methodist Church asked me regarding on how to reach a person who is self-sufficient in every way. So that inquiry reminded me of this experience and helped me to shape this sermon. So thank you for asking me. So do ask me more questions next time. So back to the story. This lady was triggered by these three words. Crossroads, changes, and crisis. I shared that many a times, you know, people will begin to seek God when they are going through one of these three events in their lives. Crossroads, changes, or crisis. When we hit a very difficult crossroad, where we are uncertain of you know, which decision to make, we begin to seek God for directions. Or when, we, or when changes happen in our lives and we find it very difficult to adjust or adapt, we turn to God for help. Or when a crisis hit us, like the loss of a loved one, accidents, sickness, etc. Then we look to God for healing and also for answers. So for the first time, in all the cell meetings this newcomer opened up she finally revealed the reason why she had been in, she has she had been in church it was because of her good friend i began to wonder if you're here in church because of a good friend then why are you here with us shouldn't you be in your good, good friend's church then she went and shared that a few months ago her best friend was in silk air flight 185. Her best friend perished together with the other 96 passengers and seven crew members on board on December 19, 1997. Before her good friend departed, she left her a message, and her good friend's message, last three words to her, was this Go to church. She took it very seriously because those were her final three words. No one would have imagined the simple three words, go to church, can make such an impact on another person's life. Her good friend did what was important. She steered her to church. And those final three words, simple words, impacted her life Her life. It was nothing complex, no ulterior motive. And It did its part. It began the process of a life of one person to walk in the faith of Christ. Walk in faith with Christ. And this led me to consider our final three words may be very important. It could change lives. So let us us use it to steer others to Christ. Let us use our final words to be a witness for Christ. I believe her good friend did not know that she would perish in that flight. However, she had the wisdom to use her words powerfully. Let us use our words to steer others to Christ instead of bickering and complaining. For we may not know it could be our last words. Since today is the final session of the Disciple's Path series, I'll do a little recap. Over the past six weeks, we have touched on the topic of disciple, prayer, worship, giving, service, and today's witness. So our main aim is to steer you to be a disciple of God. We believe that every follower of Jesus is involved in an ongoing process of transformation made possible by God's grace. To be a a disciple of Christ, our lives are centered on loving God and loving others. Prayer is one of the disciplines as a primary way for us to communicate with God. John Wesley stated, You may as well expect a child to grow without food, as a soul without private prayer. In other words, just as a child cannot grow without food, our soul cannot grow without personal prayer. And that's how important personal prayer is. I preached on a topic of, on worship last month. Worship is not a solo affair. Worship is communal. Stanley Jones mentioned that everyone who belongs to Christ belongs to everyone who belongs to Christ. You do not have to seek for unity for you have it in christ so worship means coming together in the community of faith to worship god together as a family there is no such thing as a solo christian and in regards to giving harold kusha challenged us with his sound advice and he says if you really want your heart to be with god then you might want to change how you give to your church and to God's work accomplished by other charities. Don't treat your charitable giving as just another bill that has to be paid or as one that doesn't get paid if there's not enough left over. Don't think of your gift as a tax or club dues. And for heaven's sake, don't let it be just a tip that's less than what you spend on lunches or on or commuting. Make your gift a First, fruit offering. Fix a certain percentage in your heart and in your head and giving that percentage of the talk to God every time money goes into your bank or into your hands. How we give reveals the depth of our relationship with God. Well, Just to clarify, it is not how much you give. It is the attitude of giving. It is not the quantity that deepens our relationship with God. It is the quality of giving that deepens our relationship with God. And on a segment of service or servanthood, it is the inescapable connection between our faith and our works. James 2 verse 14, 17 says, What good is it, my brothers and, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you say to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. If we say we love God, we must also love people. If we say that we are faith in God, then we must also love people through our actions. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The best way for others to know God or to believe in God is, to, is for us to be a walking witness. Let our lives speak of our belief in Christ. Next slide. Witnessing. you think, begins simply by inviting others to thank you witnessing is simply proclaiming the thank you witnessing is not speculating thank you see our role is to share the gospel it is god's role to convert the hearts Witnessing is feeding the people with the gospel, and who is supposed to feed the gospel? Who is, who is supposed to feed the people with the gospel? Jesus said, "You." Say? Thank you. <laughs> witnessing is using even your last words to steer others to Christ. Remember the last words, last three words in the story. It matters much. It matters a lot. Use it to save lives by steering them to Christ. In fact, use the last three words as a witness for Christ. I want to to challenge you even more. As of today, use your daily words wisely, now, to steer others to Christ. For you may not know, it may be your last. Let us pray. Lord, grant us wisdom to use our words wisely to glorify you. Teach us to use our words to steer others towards you. Lead us by your Holy Spirit to be a walking testimony, to be a walking witness. Help us to walk in your ways that we may be good witnesses to your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.